This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Mexicans hit D.C. to head off tariff. Legality of broader trade aid under review. And GAO questions RFS impact. Mexicans work Washington to head off tariffs. Mexico's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Top Trade Negotiator, Agriculture Minister, Ambassador, and other top officials are all in Washington this week working to try to convince the Trump administration not to impose new tariffs that are set to go in effect June 10th. Mexico reiterates its commitment to deep dialogue and cooperation it is always engaged in with U.S. authorities. That Mexico's U.S. Ambassador Martha Barcina telling reporters yesterday. Some of the top officials the Mexicans want to talk to, including Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, are abroad in the United Kingdom with President Donald Trump. Mexican Foreign Minister Marcelo Brard said yesterday he hopes to meet with Pompeo tomorrow when he's expected to arrive back in the U.S. A State Department spokesman declined to comment on Pompeo's schedule. Trump is still threatening the new tariffs and demanding Mexico take new steps to reduce the number of Central American migrants moving through the country to get to the U.S. Marcina showed that Mexican officials are taking offense at the situation. We act out of deep-rooted principles, and there is a clear limit to what we can negotiate, and the limit is Mexican dignity, she said. By the way, Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, who met with his Mexican counterpart yesterday morning, told reporters he's hopeful Trump's tariffs will not be levied, noting they would come at a difficult time when the ag sector is hoping the new North American Free Trade Pact can be ratified by all three countries. Purdue mulls the legality of trade aid for unplanted acres. Secretary Purdue says USDA is looking into whether it can legally provide trade assistance payments for farmers on the acreage they are unable to plant this spring. I don't know, frankly, whether we can legally do it or not. We're investigating that, Purdue told reporters yesterday. I hope to have a definitive answer to those producers very soon. The department has been taking the position that you have to have something to sell or trade for tariff impacts and thus qualify for the new market facilitation program payments, Purdue said. Here's why it matters. According to USDA's latest crop progress report, only 67% of the expected corn acreage this year had been planted as of Sunday. That's 10 points behind the previous slowest pace at this point set back in 1995. The five-year average at this point is 96%. Some 39% of the soybean crop have been planted by Sunday. The average is 79%. Disaster clears house on fourth try. A disaster bill that will help a wide array of producers around the country, including those farmers who can't get their crops planted, is ready for President Trump's signature after passing the House 354 to 58 last night. The bill includes about $5.5 billion in agriculture assistance, including $3 billion earmarked for direct payments to producers, including victims of last year's hurricanes and wildfires. Three attempts to pass the bill by voice vote failed during the Memorial Day recess. GAO. RFS has done little for climate. A new report by the Government Accountability Office says the renewable fuel standard hasn't significantly reduced greenhouse gas emissions while having a mixed impact on gasoline prices. 
The reason the RFS has done little for the climate is because advanced biofuels such as cellulosic ethanol have never really taken off, says GAO, the investigative arm of Congress. As for the impact on consumers' pocketbooks, the report said retail gas prices in states like Missouri and Minnesota tended to be $0.08 cents cheaper than the states like Hawaii and Oregon, who were $0.08 cents higher. The difference is due to ethanol transportation costs, according to the report. Now, keep in mind, farm groups and industry stakeholders have long touted the environmental benefits of the RFS and making a case for increasing biofuel usage. A spokesman for the Renewable Fuels Association, Kent Calabini, said the report didn't use some of the latest research on the carbon impact of corn ethanol, including a USDA analysis that said its greenhouse gas emissions are 39 to 43 percent lower than gasoline. On the Hill, House Committee debates FY20 Ag Bill. The House Appropriations Committee today will debate the fiscal 2020 funding bill for USDA, FDA, and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. So far, the most controversial issue in the bill for food and agriculture policy could be the provisions to block USDA from relocating the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture out of the nation's capital. But keep in mind, the House and Senate have yet to agree on spending caps for FY20, so the spending levels included in this and other House spending bills are only tentative at this point. Also on tap today, House Democrats will grill a top USDA official about the Trump administration's management of nutrition assistance programs. Brandon Lips, USDA's acting deputy undersecretary for food, nutrition, and consumer services, will be the sole witness at a hearing before the House Education and Labor Subcommittee. The panel has jurisdiction over the national school lunch program, but the hearing is expected to range to other issues as well, including the administration's attempt to tighten eligibility for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. States reluctant to inform EPA on dicamba. State pesticide officials are not eager to provide information to EPA about dicamba complaints this year after the EPA did not seek their guidance before adopting label language last year. At a meeting in Arlington, Virginia, Brian Vergenstraight, a pesticide registration specialist at the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, said in his region there were some folks that were less than enthused about participating in the survey this year. To be quite blunt, what did we get out of it? Answering his own question, he said, we got some more crappy labels out of it with vague and unenforceable terms. Rose Cachadorian, Pesticide Program Manager in the Oregon Department of Agriculture and President of the Association of American Pesticide Officials, said, Among officials in the Pacific Northwest, there was some cynicism about the survey because they did not feel the information they provided was reflected in any of the label statements. Here's today's He Said It. I'm not doing the bidding of anybody but President Trump and the American people. That EPA administrator, Andrew Wheeler, using a National Press Club speech to push back against claims that he is a tool of the energy industry. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 4th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.